Welcome back to the Someone to Tell To podcast. Uh, we're just so grateful to have you with us and to have you a, such a significant part of this community here at Someone to Tell To, the Someone to Tell To family. Uh, it really means a lot to us. And today's episode and, and conversation is such an important one. I know I was really looking forward to this for many reasons. Um, I've been pretty open about the fact that I'm somebody who would fall into the category that we talk about extensively in this episode of having mental health challenges and knowing what that's like, what it feels like. And, uh, and Jen's very open in this conversation about her challenges so much so that she is, it's a much shorter conversation than we've had in other episodes because she's in a bad place right now, a dark place. And, um, we think it's very real and, uh, that, is exactly what we would want. Yeah. Uh, we um, thank our guest, Jennifer Marshall, so much for on a really tough day in a really tough season that she's going through for keeping her, her promise to, uh, to talk with us and be part of this podcast. And uh, she admits, she admits in this episode of how, how tough this is. And um, it took a lot we know for her to be able to to be able to answer questions and to talk about uh, her life and uh, her experiences and and just how she's feeling uh today as this uh, this episode was recorded so we thank her and um just so grateful and this is part of life it's part of more people's lives than than any of us uh, can imagine and um we thank her for being willing to share how she's feeling today. So let's tell you just a little bit about Jen. Jen's life was going exactly as planned. Then she turned 26 and everything changed. Jen found herself unable to control her thoughts, spinning and struggling with reality. She was hospitalized and sent home to take some time and get some sleep. But it would take yet a second hospitalization shortly after to reveal the fact that this was about being not just simply about being overtired. It was about mental illness and how it would redefine Jen's world in a profound way from that moment forward. She was soon diagnosed after, after this event with type 1 bipolar disorder. It was a lot for her and her family to take in, but instead of burying the conversation, she embraced it and even began to share her experiences publicly, first anonymously, then under her own name at jennifermarshall.me, Jennifer and then widely on the front page of the Washington Post, Oprah Magazine, National TV, and from then the TEDx stage. Realizing the power of sharing her story, she founded and then became the executive director of This Is My Brave, a global storytelling initiative for people to share their stories of overcoming mental illness through creative expression at live events around the world and online. Jen is a graduate of James Madison University and grew up in Hershey, Pennsylvania. She also is an executive pr producer at Principal Pictures and a board member of the Depressed Cake Shop Foundation. She and her husband, Ben, have been married for 19 years and have two kids, Owen, 14, and Vivian, 12. In her spare time, she enjoys writing, yoga, reading, and spending time at the beach. They live in Leesburg, Virginia. We hope you enjoy this conversation. 
We use Buzzsprout to create this podcast, and as a small nonprofit team, we really appreciate how easy they make it to get our guests' stories out into the world. With Buzzsprout, you get a beautiful podcast website, audio players to embed into other sites, detailed analytics, tools to promote your episodes, and so much more. Use the link in the show notes to get a $20 Amazon gift card when you sign up for a paid plan and to support our show. As the co-founders of Someone to Tell To, we often find ourselves traveling around between meetings and listening sessions, and we often don't really have time for the little things like grocery shopping. I'm sure many of you have had that experience when at the end of a long workday, you'd rather do anything else than shop for groceries. That's why we're happy to give our listeners the chance to get free delivery on your first Instacart order over $35. You'll get the products you love from your local stores in as fast as one hour. There's nothing quite like sitting down at the end of the day to be present for your family over a home-cooked meal, and takeout just doesn't feel the same. So if you find yourself needing groceries and considering getting takeout instead, get hand-selected products delivered straight to your door. Get free shipping on orders over $35 by using the link in the show notes. Jen, it's so nice to have you on the program today and to have this conversation with you. We're really glad you're here with us. Thanks. We um, start with this. We believe that every story from every person is a beautiful one. And yours is beautiful too. Could you tell our listeners, our viewers, a bit about your story and who you are and um, how you've gotten to this place today? Sure. Well, um, you know, I had a regular childhood and upbringing and went to college and studied marketing. But it was after college about um, when I was 26 years old, when I had uh, bipolar disorder surface in my life in the form of two different manic episodes that happened in one month. And that really set me on a path of understanding mental health and trying to figure out how to take care of my own mental health. And I had a year of clinical depression because I had to quit my job. Uh, and then once I got on my recovery path, I really wanted to uh, just start a family, really. And so it was during those years that I was having my children, I actually suffered two more manic episodes. And um, it took a lot of hard work to get through that, a lot of working with my doctors and my therapists and my family. But I got through it. And when I got to the other side, I wanted to write about it to help other people. And so I started a blog called Bipolar Mom Life. And it was where I went to write. And it was very therapeutic to write about what I was going through. And I reached other moms and other families, um, which then led me to start a nonprofit, uh, you know, with helping people tell their stories. And that surfaced in 2013 we I met a woman who would become my co-founder and we um, we launched the project on Kickstarter to create a show where people would get up on stage and tell their stories so that's kind of me in a nutshell but I don't know how how much you want me to go into this is my brave we'll talk a little that certainly we'll get into a little bit 
more detail about this is my brave in a little bit, but uh, maybe for our listeners, you could just describe a little bit about what you're feeling today. We know even before we hit record today that you described that it's just, a, it's a bit of a challenging day and a challenging season for you and your mental health. Um, we'd just love to hear what you're going through. Yeah, it is. It's been a roller coaster this year, a, a lot of change and a lot of, for me, cycling up and down with my bipolar. We haven't seemed to get me stable um, yet this year, but I'm working on it every single day and working closely with my doctor with medicine changes and whatnot. And that's all you can do is just try your best every day to um, get through it. And so that's kind of what I'm doing right now. Today is kind of a tough day, but um, yeah, I'm managing. Well, again, we just really appreciate that you're willing to have this conversation with us today on a on such a tough day. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. So maybe you could just talk a little bit more about what kind of brought you to the place where you were able and willing to share your story so bravely and openly. Yeah, that for me was it was a turning point in my life because I was it was right around the time when I was about 35 years old, 36. And I just said to myself, I'm, I don't want to keep this hidden anymore. I want to talk about it and bring it into the light. And I shouldn't be ashamed of the fact that I live with a mental health issue. Um, and it helped break down the shame and stigma by being open about it and telling my story. So I wanted to give others that same opportunity, which led me to create my nonprofit. We know that your story has affected other people in a, in a very positive way and that what you're doing is enabling other people to know that they're not so alone in, in their stories, that, that there are others who, who have walked similar paths and, you know, are, and continuing to do that. Um, what are some of the messages that you've heard along the way from other people that, that stay with you when it comes to the living with mental health and are telling your story? What has helped you, encouraged you, enabled you to be, to be brave, to be, to be courageous in, in telling your story and, and living, living your life the best way you can? Yeah, it's the it's the emails I receive from people who have read my blog who say thank you for being so open. I've been struggling too, and um, you inspire me. Um, you know, there was this one woman after one of our very first "This Is My Brave" shows who said, "Your writing saved my life," and that is just huge. You know, huge to me that to know that my story could have helped one person is all that I ever wanted. So obviously coming back to this is my brave, you, I think your tagline is that you believe storytelling saves lives. And mm -hmm. can you tell us why and how storytelling does that? Well, going back to just the you're not alone. I mean, it when one person tells their story, they give others the permission to do the same. And it opens those doors of, you're not alone. Um, you, you matter, your story matters. And, um, when people tell their stories, it's like a weight lifted off their shoulders. A physical weight is what, how people describe it and how I described it too. When I first told my story on stage, um, but you don't have to be on stage. You could just be talking to a loved one and tell them, telling them what you've gone through. Um, 
Yeah, it's it's the fact that we can open up and share our stories really normalizes the fact that our brains get sick too sometimes, just the same as we get physically sick. So we need to care about our mental health and and be able to talk about it. Could you take us back to what that first moment was like with those in your immediate sphere of influence, your your family, your parents, your husband, your kids? Yeah, it was, um, it, for me, everyone was proud. You know, they were, my, my parents came around a little later. They were kind of hesitant for me to tell my story openly at first. But then when they saw the response from, you know, people writing in to say thank you and, you know, I appreciate you and, and you're helping me know that I'm not alone. Then my parents came around. But, um, yeah, it was just a feeling of support really was what came out of it. That's tremendous to hear. Um, did you did you run into any roadblocks or people not not affirming you telling your story or saying that you shouldn't do that or, or, or was or was it generally very positively received? It was generally very positively received. I didn't if there was any backlash, I didn't feel it at all. That's fantastic. We also we we know because um, we had met your 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 dear friend and, and co-founder of This Is My Brave uh, previously, and um, we know that she lost her life a few years ago, and we just how did how did that affect you? How did that affect the, the organization, the nonprofit, and and the way you do things? And and was it there ever a question about going on? Uh, there was. Yeah. I mean, it, when she passed, I was so devastated. I thought, I don't know how I'm going to go on. But I had so many people rally around me to support me. And getting back out on the road with shows was there were shows in production. And so we we just kept them going and everyone just rallied. And um, I know that's what Amory would have wanted. She would have wanted us to keep going. We'd like to just give some statistics for our listeners here just about mental health. I mean, mental health challenges exist frequently throughout the United States, and about one in five, 20% of adults suffer from a diagnosable mental illness in a given year. And every day, approximately 123 Americans die by suicide, and there's one death by suicide in the U.S. every 12 minutes. It's just powerful to hear those numbers. When you've heard statistics like these over the years, what would you want others to know, both those who have mental illnesses and those who don't? I Those statistics are devastating, and I would want people to know that it does get better and that there is help and treatment out there. So reach out to someone you trust or call the National Suicide Lifeline. They've updated the number to 988, which is the um, universal crisis um, line. And I actually called it myself um, a couple months ago when I was feeling really low. And um, it helps, it works. So just don't give up. Every day is a new day and, and it gets better. What was that like for you to build up the confidence to even make that call? Um, you know, for me, it was a feeling of... Um, needing someone outside my circles to talk to. I had been talking about it with my support system and I just felt like I needed someone new who who I didn't know to really just 
be there for me. And so I don't know, it just, it was a natural thing for me to try to do. And it, like I said, it did help. So we also understand that you love to uh, paint. That that's a passion mm-hmm. of yours, and especially watercolors, um, and that you try to paint every day. Um, how is painting helpful to you, and and how does it fulfill? What does it fulfill in you when you do it? And when you're struggling, you know, you, you're in a season right now where it's been harder. Do you continue to paint? Is painting harder to do? How yes. how is that? How yeah? How does that manifest itself? Painting is a great outlet for me. I love to just um, turn on a watercolor tutorial online and follow along and do the painting. But it, and it's very therapeutic. It's um, relaxing. But when I'm in an episode or coming out of an episode, it's really tough for me to pick up my paints. But when I do, I feel better. Um, so it's just a matter of having a creative outlet to go to when you're, you know, in need of, you know, support for me, it works. I love, I love it and I'll keep doing it, but it does get difficult during the down times. Yeah. Did you paint before, um, your diagnosis or is this something that you picked up after and found that it, it's something that, w- that is really helpful for you. Yeah, I found it during the pandemic and just kept going with it. And do you do you show your paintings? I mean, do people is it something that's more is it very more of a private a private It's thing more just for me, but I yeah. do give away my paintings to people people I love if they love one of them, I'll I'll send it to them. I think it'd be helpful for all of us. I mean, I am in the percentage of someone who has had mental health challenges myself, and I've been pretty open about that as well. Um, been on medication now for several years, and it's been a game changer for me. Um, I, I'd love, uh, personally, would love to hear some of the things that have helped you. Um, yeah, it sounds like among watercolor, water, watercolor painting, just that have helped you rise above your situation. Um, I know we all kind of learn tools to help help us uh, along the way. I'd also ask you too. Why don't you share what helps yeah. you as well? So uh, I'm a runner. Uh, yeah. That's been another game changer in the last ten years. I run um, consistently, uh, even the days that I absolutely have a hard time getting out of bed. Um, I I read Michael and I actually went to hear, and we encourage others to go on YouTube and and to listen to her talk. But there's also a book to go along with it. Um, uh, by a woman named Mel Robbins. And if you've ever heard of Mel Robbins before, but she has this concept that she created and it's this principle of uh, five, four, three, two, one. And you kind of remind yourself of those numbers every, every time you're at a cross crossroad where you have to make a decision, you just count back five, four, three, two, one. And, and it's become this movement, this worldwide global movement of people just making a decision in that moment and how I've had to on the especially difficult days, uh, let's say getting out of bed, I just say five, four, three, two, one, what's the next thing I need to do. And for me, if it's running, I just put on my shoes and that, that's the next thing I need to do, lace, lace up my shoes and get out the door. Uh, but there have been days where, that it's been so bad. I've had to do five, four, three, two, one. I need to take 
two pieces of toast and walk to the toaster and put it in the, t- the toaster right now. The next thing, what's the next five, four, three, two, one. I need to take butter out of the refrigerator and put it on the toast. Um, and I'm sure anybody who's had a mental health, uh, struggle could relate to that. And for those who, who don't, it's helpful for you to know how desperate it is for those of us in that place. So any, any other habits or things that have been helpful for you, um, we'd love to hear about today. Yeah, I go on walks. I love walks and I have like a three mile loop, uh, which I can take different trails in my neighborhood. And I, it really helps me to connect with nature and get outside and get vitamin D. Hmm. That's huge. And I do know the five second rule with <laughs> Mel Robbins. I think it's great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually in the, pr- the process right now r- reading a book that uh, sometimes I think just I, I'm, I love to laugh as well. Like just having brevity um, amidst the hurt and the pain and the, the sorrow uh, just really helps as well. And I'm reading this one book um, by a woman who's written extensively about mental health and she's just s- extremely funny. Uh, I'm trying to think of the name of the book right now. Uh, but, uh, F- Furiously Happy, I think it's called. Oh, Jenny Lawson. Yeah, yeah. Jenny Lawson. Um, excellent book, but it's just, I, I've literally had moments where I've laughed out loud uh, as I've been reading it. And that doesn't happen too often, but it's helpful. Are there... Are there authors or, you know, others who you look to, um, that, you know, to read their, their things or watch the videos or talks uh, uh, who help you uh, to, to, to motivate you, to encourage you, to just maybe feel safer, less alone? Are there other things that, you know, places where you go to just find, find strength? I have to admit, during my down cycles, I really can't do anything in terms of like reading or anything. So I, I can't think of anyone right now. I'm sorry. Maybe cut that section out. That's okay. No, that's an honest answer. No, that's no, that is that's very honest answer, and that's what we're looking for. Thank you for listening to the Someone to Tell It To podcast. Wonders Found Thrift Shop is proud to be one of its sponsors. Wonders Found is an all-volunteer-run thrift shop begun to support our mission team as they rebuild homes in disaster areas. We support local missions, people experiencing homelessness, veterans, and children and youth outreaches. We also provide clothing and household items to families displaced by fire or flood. You can learn more at our website, wondersfound.org, or stop in to see what wonders you can find at 7810 Allentown Boulevard, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We hope you enjoy the rest of the podcast. What do you wish people knew about bipolar disorder that they don't seem to know or get? And how would you like others to, to, like to see others respond in more empathetic and sensitive ways? Well, given my recent episode, my, my friends were right there around me and they didn't understand it, but to understand it is to stand with someone who's going through it. Um, So it's just when I have a manic episode, the mania takes over and it's not me, you know, and when I have the depression, it's not me. I don't feel like myself. Um, So I don't know, I guess I would just want them to know that the ups and downs of bipolar don't represent the person the person is still there. They're just going through that part of their illness. So just 
be kind and um, be supportive and they will get through it. That's such an important point. Absolutely. Thank you for highlighting that. Even just having a name to something sometimes can be helpful. Uh, I remember I had this condition that which I currently have called fibromyalgia and not too many men talk about having fibromyalgia. In fact, if you look at the percentages, it's primarily women, but I would imagine a lot more men have it than, than, than even are outspoken about, about it. But I remember going to the doctor and I had all of these symptoms for the longest time and just to finally have a name to it. Um, that was so helpful because mm-hmm. it just helped to put me on a, a road to recovery that, this is a like a legit thing. Yeah, I was really lucky in that my diagnosis came very soon after my illness presented itself. So a lot of people go like 10 years without a proper diagnosis. But for me, the doctor caught it right away and named it and was correct. And so now we had a way to treat it. So I guess I was very, very fortunate in that sense. As we're recording this conversation, we're um, a few weeks now past what was what is World Suicide Prevention Day, and you posted on that day several weeks ago these words, and we'd like to share them with with our audience. Something I haven't shared much about is the fact that I've dealt with suicidal ideation in the past. In that moment, it feels like the pain will never end. You can't see past the darkness, nothing matters, and everything hurts. But I want you to know it does get better. And what helped me the most was talking about it, as scary as that was. First of all, that's beautiful, that's vulnerable, that's open, that we think is what people need to hear. And need to and need to know and need to understand, and so thank you for sharing so openly mm-hmm. about that, and we want to validate that and affirm what you wrote, because we believe it is so important, and we also believe that it took courage to write it, to write something so vulnerable like that. How did it feel publicly to write that and to share it with the world, and how hard was that for you to do? Well, I have to say that there was a woman who um, who I am connected with on LinkedIn who is in a very senior role in her company, chief marketing officer, and she admitted. And I saw that and I was moved to share my story, too, that I had also dealt with suicidal ideation. And so it's, again, going back to when one person is brave enough to share, it gives others permission to do the same. That was it for me um, because... You know, it's okay to not be okay. That's the saying we always say, right? Mm-hmm. So um, it, it takes the power away from it when you say it out loud and when you admit that you're struggling. Has it become easier to, to do what you did on that day? Oh, sure. Yeah, it definitely, as time goes by, it's easier and easier to talk publicly about it. Well, again, Jen, we're just so proud of you for making the space to have this conversation with us today. We know it's just not an easy day. It's not an easy season for you. And so it really means so much to us, uh, your level of openness today. Mm-hmm. 
it's going to connect with a lot of people. And even if it's a shorter conversation than some of our other episodes, that's okay too. Uh, because I think it's just, it's honest. And, and, uh, we just appreciate that about you since we first met you years ago, uh, your level of just openness and vulnerability has been what has ultimately attracted us to you because that's so, um, foundational for our work here at someone to tell it to. And, and we, we, we just want to affirm the work that you're doing. The, uh, you know, the, 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 this is my brave and, and the other work you're doing publicly to help people understand the struggles of, of mental illness and, and what it's like. And that we know that you telling your story in the variety of ways that you do it and you helping other people to tell their stories is changing the world. It's enabling people to have... Um, just a more compassionate and empathetic understanding for those who are living with, with, with mental health challenges. And, and we know that when people know that they're not alone, it makes a huge difference. And when yeah, they have our, others, other role models like you telling your story, it, uh, it, it really does change lives. Thank you. And, you know, we're really I'm really proud of the work we're doing right now around teen mental health. We just launched a podcast over the summer called Our Turn to Talk, Mm -hmm. and it's teen led and all teen stories of all different mental health conditions and what they've gone through. And the then the documentary about the making of the podcast is coming out October 3rd on wellbeings.org. So I hope everyone who listens to this will check it out. Congratulations. Uh, thank you for, and thank you for sharing that because that, uh, we'll make sure that that that's noted, uh, when, when this, when this episode is, is published that, uh, for people to, to look, to make sure they take note of that. You beat me too. Cause I was just going to ask you where, wherever people learn a little bit more about you and your work. Yeah, I have a personal website, jennifermarshall.me, which is where I, you know, go to write. I haven't been writing very frequently, but there's all my archived writings there. Um, and like I said, our turn to talk is our latest project, and we're really excited about the film coming out. I just want to emphasize again to all of our listeners, like how meaningful it is that you created this space today, because not only is it a hard day, but I remember in some of your episodes, you talked about how you often struggle with just a lack of sleep. And here we're recording this episode in the morning, and I would imagine, um, you know, might have been a rough night. Um, Was it? No, it was good. That's good. That's good. Yeah. But again, thank you. Um, We're just inspired by you. And Jennifer, it's so good to see you again. For for our viewers, listeners, we have we have met Jennifer um, uh, several times, and we have done some collaborative work with her and with with this is my brave, and we're proud to do that. And and just want to thank you, thank you for thank you. for what you're doing, and thank you for today, very much. And we um, we wish you only the best. Um, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. We had the privilege of sharing the stage twice with Jennifer and those who are connected with This Is My Brave. And each time we were profoundly moved by the stories we heard, by the, the lives that um, some people 
we're living and the struggles, the, the hardships, um, the difficulties that they faced every day. And to be able to be invited in to those intimate and not especially easy parts of some people's lives is um, a really sacred experience. And we're grateful to Jennifer and to everyone with This Is My Brave who uh, include us, have included us in their work and in their in their trying to um, help the world to understand mental illness in a much more compassionate and empathetic way. So we were grateful for this episode today, just as we were grateful for our collaborations with Jennifer in the past. So we hope you've, you learned something and that um, it opened your hearts and minds um, to people who are living with um, mental illness and everything that goes with it. Yeah, this was just a real conversation and it's real life. Uh, we hope that people respond with compassion and empathy, even reach out with maybe an encouraging word for Jen uh, as she's in the midst of this dark, dark time in her life. Uh, because I myself know what that's like and uh, I know how important it is just to give her space. Uh, but we are just so, uh, we said earlier, just proud of her for making, following through on her commitment to be a part of this conversation, even not on one of her best days. Um, that means the world to us and to our listeners. So thank you for being with us today. Um, if you would like to learn more about someone to tell to you, we continue to push uh, for you to go to our website, someone to tell to.org. You can learn more about our, our direct service listening services, but also our training work. We also encourage you to support our work through Patreon. You can go to someone to tell to Patreon page and lastly, we've been saying this in the last few episodes, but just take this episode and share it with five people within your sphere of influence. We just heard from somebody recently that they listened to the program with our guest Monica a few weeks ago, and, and they shared it uh, five or ten times over, and how much of a difference that makes. We have new listeners as a result, and that just, again, means so much to us. So thank you for supporting someone to tell to's work. So until we listen again. <laughs>